Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 32, and we'll read all the way down to verse 34. The Bible says, But call to remembrance the former days, in which after ye were illuminated, ye endured a great fight of afflictions, partly whilst ye were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly whilst ye became companions of them that were so used. For ye had compassion of me and my bonds, and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that ye have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. So notice right here that in this passage that Paul, he understands about Christian warfare and going through suffering for Jesus Christ. And he's writing in this epistle that we're in this together. And even though the world, they may be persecuting us, they may be giving us a hard time, especially with the devil in addition onto your back, it's very hard to live through another day of battle. And sometimes we Christians feel like that. It's a never-ending war. That's why a lot of people want to drop their swords and quit serving God. That's why some people go into the world, pretend that the problems don't exist. And that's what we see with our current situations with the pandemics. People just don't want to think about it. They want to pretend that it doesn't exist and they just want to go back to the same old ways, to the same old things. Now, this passage has a doctrinal application to the uh, tribulation saint when they're going through the persecution, severe persecution, from the Antichrist before Jesus comes. But I want to apply something here for the Christian church and see how we can survive a war, how we can survive a battlefield, live through another day. A lot of times we talk about having joy in the Christian walk. We sing about that a fellowship here with my Lord can be so inexpressibly sweet. Oh, what will it be when his face we see when round the white throne we meet? Uh, you heard Evangelist Spurgeon talking about that there is suffering and hardship in the Christian walk. However, there is joy, unspeakable joy. But when we go through tremendous suffering in life, it's hard to think that way. And I believe that this sermon will be important for you, especially when times are going to get more tough. Want to walk out of this church service now? I mean, the thing is, is that times are going to get more up. Times are going to get more tough. And persecution will rise. Why? Because the rapture has to happen soon. Jesus Christ has to come soon. Scripture must be fulfilled soon. God's not going to delay it any longer. He, it's a... The timing is there. We should be ready. We should be ready. So during times when it gets worse, we cannot lose our joy in the Lord and we cannot quit fighting and being strong. So I hope that today's sermon will incredibly open your eyes and help you because it helped me. It took me 10 years to finally learn this actually. Now I've lived my life in more joy and peace than I ever had before, but it sadly took me 10 years to finally learn. I hope that will not be the case with you. The title of my message today is How to Survive a War. Let's pray. Father, please wash away my sins with your precious and most holy blood. Fill within me the power of your Holy Spirit. I pray today's preaching will touch and change people's lives. I know it's been a challenge through the stupid roads, Lord, with uh, the big games that the people are doing. But thank you for the faithfulness of your people who came, who endured through the traffic, who tried to come here so that we can serve you and worship you just like you deserve, not just once every week, but all the time. This is the least we can do, Father. Help me in today's preaching. In Jesus' name I pray. 
Amen. All right. Now, my first point is the evoking of war, the evoking of war. If you'll look at verse 32, it says, but call to remembrance the, forty, uh, the former days. The apostle writes that uh, make sure you call to remember the things that you went through in the past. What in the past? How you endured the fight, how you survived, how God pulled you through the rewards and the joys that he's given to you. And that's why you got to evoke. You got to evoke. The apostle writes, call to remembrance. See that? You got to evoke to memory the things that the Lord has pulled you through. And that's the only way you can be strong and survive a war. The reason why a lot of people can't go through battlefields and war is because they watch too much TV. Did you hear what I just said? You watch too much TV. Here's another reason why. You look too many good things from people who are not living right for the Lord. You certainly don't look at their bad. You only look at their good. You look at the offers that the devil has constantly given 24-7 in the world. What did the devil say? All this kingdom in the world is mine to give. And you see that every day. So because of that, when you go through war, you get a surprise and shell shock, and then you just go, oh, I can't believe it. I mean, the Christian life is so hard and difficult, and I didn't sign up for this. What did you think? You know, the problem with people today is that we think that when we go through the Christian walk, we don't have to make a sacrifice. We don't have to go through a moment where we feel like killing ourselves. We don't have to go through a time where we reach our limitations and we feel like we push beyond our limits. We feel like we'll never reach a breaking point in our life. Now, am I hitting something right here? You know, your problem is, is that you think that you'll never go through these things in the Christian walk, and you're dead wrong. Because the Christian walk has war. And you got the devil, the world, and the flesh on your back. There's no greater enemies than those three. And with these three on your back, guarantee you're going to go through at least once, or at the very least a couple times in your life, some breaking points. Amen. You know what our problem is? We're spoiled in America. They pretend things like this don't exist. And you only look at the good things from people and you watch too much TV and you have a fantasy in your mindset and guarantee it doesn't matter saved or lost. Everyone goes through a point in their life where they feel like giving up. Everyone goes through that. Everyone, no matter saved or lost, serving God or backslidden, they go through something that's really, really tough. Guarantee everyone goes through that. So you know what you need to do? You can't remember what things were like in the world. You need to remember how God pulled you through. You need to evoke in your mind how God, uh, those moments where you thought there was no miracle and you cried on your knees and prayed to God, God, I don't know how I'm going to survive this. Here you are today. How many times has God pulled you through? How many times has God provided miracles in your life? How many times that you did not deserve his grace and mercy? And he's given you grace and mercy. How many times that he blessed you more than what you expected in his blessing? Now, the thing is, you need to evoke in your mind those things, how you survived the war. You remember those times when that tank from the devil just ran over you and you just got through it? 
You don't remember that. No, you know what you do? You remember too much what you saw. The lust of the eyes saw. What the lust of the flesh felt and what the pride of life wanted. King of my heart. I want to be my own king, my own way. You remember that too much. And because of that, that's why you're spoiled and you can't survive a war. You think a soldier in a battlefield would, su would survive that way when all he thinks about is the comforts of the world, the comforts of the flesh, and what the enemy wants to distract him with. Or do you think he's going to survive in a war by recalling all the times, how many times he lived a battlefield, how he conquered the enemy, and how he was able to grit his teeth and learn from previous experiences experience what mistakes not to make and to do better in the in the battlefield that's what you need to do you're not doing that and that's the reason why you can't survive a war run away from a war all you want guess what you can't run away from the devil the devil still chase you either way i'd rather i'd rather have the devil chase after me when i'm going head on rather than the devil chasing from my behind without me looking you can pretend the devil's not there. You can pretend that you're going to leave the problems behind you. You're dead wrong. It will one day happen. You need to evoke your memory. And that's the problem is that you don't evoke into mind how God, with his grace, pulled you through. And you make it too complicated. You make it seem like, oh, I can't go through this again. This is more difficult. And then you contemplate and contemplate on the problem and the difficulty of the battlefield. And guess what? You just make life harder that way. Isn't it better to contemplate on the victory God has given to you? To contemplate on that there's no answer, but God made an answer and provided a way. Isn't it easier to contemplate on those things during a problem? Isn't it easier to contemplate on those miracles and that to ha on the precious promises of his words, what he will do. Isn't it easier to contemplate on those things and then you feel a little bit more joyous? You feel more light on your feet? Or do you think it's easier to contemplate on the problem, to contemplate on what ifs, to contemplate on the worst outcome, and to contemplate on how it's going to ruin your life and how bad it will be and the next bad thing that connects to that bad thing and the three more bad things that can connect to that bad thing, you think it's easier to live life that way. You know, that's your problem. You're invoking in your mind the wrong things. You're not invoking into mind the right things. You know, life as a Christian should be easier than you think. Can I repeat that again? Life as a Christian should be easier as you think. That don't mean like you have no problems and you can have everything spoiled and nice. What I mean by that, though, is that when you think about all the gloom and the doom of the battlefield and your mind contemplates on the impossibility of, of overcoming those battles and living through suffering and going through the fire for the Lord Jesus Christ, guess what? Then later on, God pulls a joke on you and says, you didn't even go through that. And you go, oh, wow. Oh, wow, I went through so many sleepless nights on what ifs and the worst outcomes and it didn't even happen. Yeah. Amen, brother. Living as a Christian is more easier. It's easier than you think. Amen. You know what you need to do? Oh, what should I keep in my mind? His promise. Yeah. Simple faith. Yeah. The times he pulled you through. Get to his word. Get to prayer and evoke into mind how good God is to you. Amen. Then you survive a war. You survive a war when you call into remembrance, when you evoke to mind the strength he has given to you, the grace he's pulled you through.
that you're tougher than this, that you're not weaker than you think, that he will pull you through. My second point is enlightenment of war, enlightenment of war. Uh, Look at the next part. It reads, uh, the main passage, verse 32 through 34. The next part reads, in which after ye were illuminated. In which after ye were illuminated. It's like during battlefield and war, there should be a time in your life when you got illuminated, when you were enlightened on, oh, this is how I should fight. This is how I survive. It's not as bad as I think. Hey, victory's around the corner. But a lot of times our eyes are not open in battle. And we keep, like I mentioned before, we keep looking at the wrong things. And then we keep fighting and fighting a war that makes things worse for you. You know what the problem with us during war is? Is that we're just focusing on battling, battling, battling for Jesus. And then we don't take time to stop and think about what we're doing wrong. You ever, uh, I mean, battlefield, uh, during the Vietnam War, it was so scary, like you didn't know where those enemies were and you'd just be shooting your machine gun midair at the middle of the night and shooting nowhere. That's what a lot of you are doing right now. A lot of you are doing, you think you're going through a Christian battlefield, you're being strong for Jesus and you're trying to fight it out, but you're just wasting your time in battle. Why? Your mind's not enlightened. You're blinded and you're just shooting midair when the enemy's not there. He's hiding somewhere else. And you need to, what if you stop and you're trying to think, what's a better option to handle this? You don't do that during battlefield. You know what you do during war? You cry, you whine, you run away, or you just keep fighting it out. And you don't stop, and you don't hold yourself, you don't weigh on the Lord, you don't let God give you an answer, and you don't take time to pray. You think that you can solve the answers yourself. And you just go for it. The worst enemy is your flesh. And the worst thing you can do is go by gut feeling on what to do. Rather than going by, wait a minute, hold the phone, hold the phone. What am I doing right here? And you need to enlighten yourself in war. And when you stop and think and pray, then you're going to realize it's not as bad as I thought. It's easier to handle than I thought. And look, just take one step at a time. One step at a time with these issues. Let's not think about all of them. Just one at a time, let the Lord pull you through. And a lot of times when I take one step at a time, the other eight things that I worried about didn't even happen. Why? Because I just went one step at a time. No, let's take care of all those steps right now, here and now. No, I don't trust myself. I'm scared of myself. I'm going to take one step at a time, see how the Lord moves and let him fight my battle for me. Then once I see that, then victory is more in sight. And then I don't even have to go through the other eight issues. Did that make any sense to some of you? You know what your problem is? You don't realize. Let me open your eyes a little bit, dumb Americans, okay? You don't have time. You think you got plenty of time in your hands? No, you don't have time. You're all busy with work, church, and doing other things. And by the way, your excuse is, I don't pray, I don't read the Bible because I don't have time. You don't even believe that. Some of you think you got all the time in the world, and because of that, you, what you go through is that you go through too many war situations in your life. No, you don't have enough time. You don't realize you're weak. Some of you don't realize that flesh of yours is really, really weak, so you are not capable to man it out and to just go through that battle. 
well, I'll just fight it out. No, you're going, you're wasting your time. Some of you don't realize that you're bombarded. You're just bombarded with too many things going on in the world, especially in this crazy day and age we live in with the pandemic and everything. You're just bombarded. So you need to open your eyes and say, wow, I need to give up some things, not hold on to all of these things. You know why you get through unnecessary stress and pressure? You added the burden. Jesus didn't add your burden. You added the burden. And if God says, hey, you need to give up some things, maybe some of you need to quit your job. Maybe some of you need to quit your school. Maybe some of you, I don't mean to be blasphemous, but this is true. You need to cut some things off in this ministry. Maybe some of you need to control your time with Bible reading and prayer too in a more efficient manner. What's well, some of your problem is? Your problem is you're just going, ah, fighting out in battle and getting more stress and more stress. And it's only a matter of time those bullets run out. And it's only a matter of time your strength can only hold so long and then you drop. You know what you need to do? Stop! And then say, what's going on with me? How can I fight my battle more effectively? How can I fight more effectively where I can be a blessing to the people in this church, be able to make a living, and be able to graduate through school, be able to take care of my family, spend time with my wife and children, and etc. You need to stop and do that, but you don't. You just do it. You just do it. Ah, like that. And that's why there's so much stress and pressure. You know why? You're not enlightened. You just fight. That's it. You don't take time and have the Lord enlighten your understanding. You know what I had to do? You know, this pastor, nearly every week I had to do this. You know that? Maybe even almost every day. I had to enlighten myself. Why? I don't want to just go out and fight. I want to go stop and think, is there a better way to handle this? Is there an easier way to handle this? You know what people think the easier way to handle it is? Running away. All the time. Just running away. Running away. And then the Christians who are strong, they're like saying, just battle it out. Just battle it out. Both are in the wrong. You know what you need to do? When there's an issue that's really tough and hard, and then this is the battle, and then I have to face it. You know what I do? To make things easier? Not running away. Then I'm at point number one. I'm weak and I'm spoiled. I have to fight my battle. You know what I do? Just Man it out and fight. No, then I'm stupid and I waste my strength and energy. You know what I do in a tough battle? Stop, think, and pray. Is there an easier way to handle this? Can I just pray to the Lord and wait for him to give me an answer? Oh, wait a minute. I have someone who I can talk to. P-A-S-T-O-R. Oh, I don't want to bother him and I don't want to... Hello? Why do you think church is there for? You know why? You think you're, too, you're stronger than this church, so you don't need this church. You think you're so tough and you're strong and I can carry all these things for Jesus Christ. That's why you're miserable. That's why you're sick. That's why it's going to affect your health and your mind. You know why? Happened to this preacher too. You know, I have to do it every week, nearly every day. There's an easier way to handle this. There's an easier way to handle this. And I would take time to pray and say, Lord, Give me wisdom. Show me something how I can manage this more effectively, more efficiently. Enlighten your understanding in war. Because in war, how you win victories is not through uh, strength. It's all right here. It's brilliance. It's efficiency. 
My third point is endurance of war. Endurance of war. Uh, before I come to the third point, I just want to talk a few tips from about enlightening of war is that, you know, what would help you immensely, and this is what I had to do in order to fight my battle more effectively, I had to sacrifice some things. Did you hear what I just said? I had to sacrifice some things that were dear to me that I knew that I would get hot water for and criticism for, I, could, I had to think, I don't care what people think. I had to think what God wants me to do. And when, by thinking like that, I sacrificed some things that were precious to me, and I, but I can't get it up. See, then that's my idol then. That's not the Lord. I had to sacrifice some things, and guess what? My life got better after that. You know why? Because those things were holding me back. And Hebrews chapter 12 says, laying aside every weight. You know what those weights are. There are some people you need to let go. There are some things that your duties you're doing you need to let go. There are some things in your home you're wasting your time on, significant time on and energy on. You need to sacrifice it and lay it on the altar. You know, I had to do, another thing I had to do was I had to make time to manage. Always, I had to make sure that Okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to make time. And not just make time where I can do it. I had to make time that's guaranteed I would do the duty. What if I have too much extra time? Good, then use that extra time to relax. You could use it. I had to make time where it's guaranteed that I can complete it. And I'd be a complete moron to not complete it. You know, I had to make time where it would be flexible too. There's no such thing as flexibility here in America. But you know what they deem, what, what they prize, the kind of good workers, the people who are successful, who can be flexible through situations. You know how our church survived? We had to be what? If there's one thing you learn in this church, you had to learn to be flexible. If you don't have that in your life, you're going to fall. You know what I had to do? I had to make sure that the duties that I have, the burdens I'm going through, the trials I'm going through, it's something I can be flexible with. But I can't, it's so hard to make it flexible. Well, you make it flexible then. And then if it's impossible, maybe you need some time to pray to the Lord and maybe you need to give it up and sacrifice it. You know why? One thing I learned in my life is the Lord never called me to a war and a fight where I ruined his holy temple. And then I just, and then I become miserable. I try to tough it out. Don't get me wrong, you could be spoiled. You probably need to tough it out more. But trust me, you will soon see, the Lord will show you that, look, you can't live like this anymore. He'll show you. He showed me my limits. I had to let things go. That's, how, that's why I'm able to pastor more effectively now. You want to do your job right for the Lord? You want to serve God well, right? You want to fight your war well? You know how you do it? You need to be efficient. You need to sacrifice some things. You need to make time. You need to make things flexible. You have to. How else are you going to fight a war doing 10 different battles without stop and thinking, I need to let some things go. I need to be flexible. I need to do something that's easier. That way, what? If, If I make a duty easier, then I can be more effective and more successful, right? You do something that you think, oh, I can handle. I just need to push. Then go for it. And look how you're doing so far the past couple of weeks, months. Some of you, sadly, years now. And you're still blinded. You know what you're doing? You're still doing this. 
My third point is endurance of war. Endurance of war. Look at the next part of the verse. He endured a great fight of afflictions. You know what you need to do in the battlefield? You need to endure. Didn't you know that? I think we all know that. When you fight in a battle for the Lord, you need to put up with it. You need to endure it. You need to grit your teeth. You need to bear it. So then, I would like to ask you a question. If the Christian affliction and burden that you're going through, all right, I don't think anyone here is going to say, oh, it's easy, all right? I'm sure all of you can probably say that, yeah, the burden is big. It's, man, it's so tough, man. It's really hard for me. All right, I would like to ask you a question. Uh, why are you then adding more burdens? Huh? If your Christian uh, burden that the Lord has given to you is big enough, why are you adding more yourself? You think that God, you think that, oh Lord, the burden you gave to me is easy. Let me add a little more. How are you going to survive a battlefield, man? The Lord gives you enough already. And trust me, he gives you the right amount that's fair and that's perfect for you. All right. He's not going to make you lazy. Trust me. Okay. Even if you feel lazy and it's too easy what the Lord has given to you, trust me, the Lord did it for a good reason. And you need to think that this is my load that I can bear and you need to make it that way. You know what the problem with people today is when they go through burdens of battlefield, they don't make it a load that they can, they're sure they can 100% handle. You know what I do in the ministry? I make sure it's 100% that I know, that I know for a fact that I will accomplish that. When I go through a battle or a fight for the Lord, I have to be 100% sure I know I can handle this. I know I can do this. Well, what if I'm wrong? Oh, the Lord will show you. There's going to be a trial and problem that comes up. And if you're getting worn out and stressed out and this is really bad for you, you know what you need to do? Then you know that this is not your war. You know what you need to do? You need to let it go. You need to let it go. Some of you are adding burdens that that's the reason why your Bible... Re uh, if you don't think so, then why is your Bible reading suffering right now? Why is your prayer life suffering? Why is attending church suffering? Why is helping out the pastor suffering right now? Why is being a blessing to people in this church suffering right now? Why is your household, your family life suffering right now? You know why? You got too many burdens you added. You know how I do it? Well, if God gave me 10 burdens to hold, I'm going to make sure those 10 burdens are 100% that I can manage. So maybe I need to drop all 10 to right here. Or maybe all these 10 burdens, God wants me to drop out five, so I need to let go five of them and make sure that I do all five over here. You know what your problem is? You're putting too many stuff on your shoulders. That's why you can't survive a war. You know how I survive a war? You know how I survive these crazy times that we live in? And some of you know my crazy schedule and all the attacks that the devil put me through. How do I survive? I make it something that I can handle and I know 100%. And when I do that, I live. I live and I breathe. I wish I knew this 10 years ago. If I knew this 10 years ago, probably would have done better in my school. Probably would have done better for my church. Probably would have done better for my people. Probably would have done better for my own family. Probably would have done even better for my own self, my own life. I know 100% I can't handle. Not just, oh yeah, I can, if I just juggle all this and I can do it. No, it's not something you can guarantee 100%. 
because you're not thinking about the interferences that happen. That's the next point here. You know one thing people don't get in their minds? There's a thing called interference from the devil, a sudden attack. Fourth point, entertainment of war, entertainment of war. Look at the next part of the verse 33. Partly whilst you were made a gazing stock. So the Christian soldiers, while they're going through battle, they became a gazing stock, an entertainment, a play, a game for the enemies to make fun of. That's what your problem is right now, is that you don't realize that you're a game piece and an entertainment for the devil to use, but you get caught. Your, your attention in serving the Lord gets distracted and caught by what? Something going on in my life. Something going on in the church. A new problem with my health and all that. You know what the devil's job is? It's to distract you. You think that you got your burdens that you can carry, your schedule managed, and then you committed yourself to the Lord. But guess what? If you honestly think that this is going to go the flow that you want, you're dead wrong. You know what happens? It gets ruined all the time. That's one thing I learned in life. You might say, why? It's called the devil with his sudden attack. If you don't believe that, then that's the reason why you're stressed out right now. You know why? The devil suddenly just puts things that just suddenly happen. Don't expect to happen. And you know what you need to do? What I do is this, is that even though I feel like sometimes... As a Bible-believing pastor, I would feel like, well, if I put this much time in my day, I feel backslidden, you know? I just feel like that I just got too much time in my hands. But guess what? No. Once I started doing that, then I realized that Satan, he just attacks randomly from nowhere, and I wasted half a day or a whole day, if not a couple days. So then I learned and I realized, you know, actually, I got to make time. Why? For the enemy. I need to make time for him. I need to make time when the devil comes for me. So when I make time, I need to get rested. I need to get my mind focused. I can't have all the other things, my duties, distract me. And neither can I let that evil foe distract me when I get into my normal duties of the day. Am I making any sense over here? Okay, the problem, the thing is this, is that you think that, oh, well, you know, I manage it all out. I just do my work first part of the day, you know, do my Bible reading and prayer and then just go to church and I'm going to do this other things for the pastor and then help out the people here, help out my family here. And then if I match all this to my schedule, it's going to look right. <laughs> funny, funny. You're so funny. You think the devil's going to go, yes, let's go by your schedule. And I won't. And where's my time when I can attack you? Oh, you didn't put me in your schedule anywhere. I'll just come in myself and put myself in your schedule. And then it ruins your whole plan. Your whole plan in being flexible, scheduled, and bearing your burden for Jesus Christ because you thought you can handle it. No! You know how you can tell? You're not looking at the past. I'm telling you, not, not, you don't even have to go years. Just go back the past couple of weeks, what's going on right now. You're feeling the joy of the Lord? You've never been stressed out to a point? Or are you really pushing yourself, exerting your limitations? People don't stop and see, they're not enlightened. You got a problem with point number two. You're not looking back. 
You're not looking at your pattern of how many times you skip church, skip your daily walk with Jesus Christ, skip precious time with your family, and even your effectiveness in your duties, whether it be job, school, or other things, ministry, is dropping. Look back. What do you need to do? You need to get rid of anything that can cause a distraction. Or make time for those distractions when they happen. Oh, it's just so hard. You know, the reason why I waste so much time uh, not serving the Lord and serving the Lord Jesus Christ and hard time going to church is because of that uh, stupid cable TV. And I wasted so much time into that. Hey, man, get rid of it. Oh, I can't. Because, because what? I need it for school. And see, that's your problem. You added the problem. You added the devil's attack. You know what you need to do? You need to get rid of the distraction. You need to get rid of the interference. And if it's impossible to get rid of the interference and the distraction that happens because you know it's a sudden attack from the devil and it's inevitable, you need to make time for that. But you don't make time for your enemy. That's why you can't survive a war. Who are you battling? Huh? Oh, just going through normal things in everyday life. You don't realize you're in a battle. Every single day, every single day, Satan could probably do something suddenly right now. That's why if something ruins my schedule or anything, you know what I do? I don't panic. I don't freak out. I don't whine. I say, oh, ministry's so tough. I quit. I don't do that. You know what I do? Oh, I expected this to happen. And I know I can pull through this. I made time for this. I prayed up. Let's do this. I enjoyed my good vacation yesterday. I'm ready. Let's do this. That's what you need to do. Some of you don't do that. And that's why you get worn out. My fifth point is escalation of war. Escalation of war. Notice that Paul interestingly writes this both by reproaches and afflictions. You notice that? He didn't say just reproaches and afflictions he says both by reproaches and afflictions he doesn't just say afflictions he says both by reproach reproaches and afflictions he doesn't just say reproaches he says both by reproaches and afflictions what's my point my point is this my point is is that he realizes it's not just a fight it's many fights he's including a whole bunch of fights You know why you can't survive a war? You have not accepted your fight. You have not accepted the reality, this is my war, this is my battle. Hey, I can cry, whine, run away, be shy, and push it away, pretend it doesn't exist. And when you do that, that's why you can't live every day. You know what you need to do? You need to realize, hey, this is happening, whether I like it or not. This is go- the problems going on in my church, whether I like it or not. Problems going in my family, whether I like it or not. My health is suffering, whether I like it or not. And I need to accept this fact. This is my fight. This is my battle. You don't accept that reality. None of you are living in a distorted fantasy still. Like, I have my ideal pattern and schedule and life and goals, and it will be all right. Some of you have this idealized fantasy, just, I just fight it out for Jesus and he'll take care of me. That's your problem, man. You don't realize that, hey, guess what? It does happen. 
Your family is going to have an ugly fight over here and they're going to discuss divorce and then they're going to disown one of your, uh, one of your brothers and sisters or they're going to turn on you. You don't accept that fact that does happen. You don't accept the fact that happens that, hey, yeah, your spouse is going to say this and do that about you and probably waste half of your day in the Lord. You don't accept the fact and the reality, yeah, that's right, that member is going to cause a problem or a ruckus in the church. And because of that, guess what? Oh, we're going to have a revival, everything's going to be all right. No, you don't accept that fact. You don't accept the fact that even if you're single and by yourself, that, hey, there might be a car accident or a football game today, and we might just run late for church. Hey! You don't accept that fact. And that's why when, if you're a single person, seeing the first sign of traffic, you become so weak and say, I can't go to church, and then I'm going to go back home. You know why? You don't expect these things to happen. You don't accept these fights. You know what? That's your fight. You need to accept well, it's so hard and I can't do it. That's why you need to drop your other fights. You added the fight of, well, I need, I, need that, uh, I need that degree so bad and my BA so bad and I need that PhD so bad and I need it, I need it, I need it. You, that's not a fight God has given to you. He made it easier for you. You need to sacrifice that. And you need to accept the fight of going through traffic and it might be a two-hour drive to church but get your butt there. Amen. Same thing with your family. Same thing with your job. Same thing with your own things that you have in life. You know, you, you got to accept your fights. Not only that, not just one fight. You can have two, three, four other fights the Lord given to you. Hey, you think that, uh, look, I cannot pastor a church in the Bay Area like I can do in Florida, Okay. That's not reality. As much as I would like to do that and, hey, I want to build my church like this, like Pastor so-and-so and Dr. So-and-so does in Florida and, oh, man, we're going to do these many things for the Lord and I just can't wait. We're going to do it that way. If I think like that and then I add all these burdens on me like, well, Florida pastor is doing all that, so I've got to keep doing that. That's not my fight. That's an idealized fantasy. Well, what about restrictions? What about people who hate God in the liberal area? What about prices going up for church buildings, for rent, for your living situation? Well, no, the pastor, you know, uh, I mean, they don't make that much money in the South in Florida. They give it all to missions, so I got to do that too. No, stupid, this is the Bay Area. Maybe you need a higher pay in your salary. Now, look, I'm not telling, pay me more, if you took it that way, but no. <laughs> But you know my point is my point is is that my point is is that sometimes we don't realize what our struggles are that are realistic. And you once you recognize that you're you're going to accept those fights, deal with those fights, manage with your fights rather than a fight that somebody else is going through and the world is doing and you want to follow along what they do. Well everyone goes through tough time in school and uh, university, and, uh, but th and they're handling the coronavirus their own way. And I want to be like that too. That's your problem, man. I just want to be normal like the world. Normal like the world? That ain't normal. We're supposed to be strangers in this world. We're supposed to be strangers. 
Well, everyone, uh, all the problems that families go through, I just want to go through the same thing like the lost people go through, the problems they go through. But I don't want to go through the problems that the Christian family goes through. That's your problem. You know what you've accepted? You accepted the fight that lost people go through. You don't accept the fight that God has given to you. Your fight ain't my fight. And if you're trying to follow a pattern like I am in my fight for the Lord, you're not right with God. Can I repeat that again? If you're trying to, oh, well, pastors, I got to do it too. If you follow my fight rather than your fight that God has given to you, you're going to collapse, you're going to die, and the same thing goes for me too. You need to accept your fight because there's going to be a family loss that you go through that I don't go through. And there's going to be a stressful thing in the family that I go through that you have no idea what I went through. But guess what? That's my fight. I'm going to handle it. Your fight, you handle it. But you just add in more fights. Why? You just want to be like everybody else, what they go through. I just want to have normal problems. Not, no, that's not how it works. There's no such thing as normal problems. Everyone has different problems. You need to handle the problems that the Lord has given to you, not what you create for yourself and what you want to add. I want to go through the sleepless nights that university graduate students go through. I want to uh, do the the criticisms of dealing with bosses and senior leaders like the lost people go through. I want to uh, go through those kind of problems. I don't want to go through the problem of, of being criticized when I hold a sign on the streets. I don't want to go through the problem where, you know, I have to sacrifice the world and drinking and drugs, you know, I don't want, uh, and then look weird for that. I don't want to go through that kind of problem. See, that's your problem. You want to, you've added fights that made your life stressed out, that burdened you more, and are totally unnecessary. And you need to go through the fights that the Lord has given to you. And trust me, life will be much better after that. Well, I can't, I can't, I can't do all these things in the ministry because I'm just so busy at work. There's a problem with your work life. Maybe you need to drop it. Oh, I can't do that. And see, you made your choice. I want to accept these struggles I'm going through in the workplace. See, your idol. You know what's sad? Some of your idols is actually the burden and the pressure. You just love that. That you created. That's your idol. You can't let it go. Not the pressure and the stress God has given to you. Trust me, when you add what God has given to you plus what, you get, get, what you've given to yourself, you will not live. You can't survive a war. My sixth point, I hope this is helping you because I wasted my whole life. I'm talking to you 10 years of what I had to battle and war. I hope this can immensely help you so you don't go through the pain I went through. My sixth point is endearment of war. Endearment of war. If you look at the next part of the verse, and partly whilst he became companions of them that were so used. So Paul's saying it's not just... uh, that you went through reproach, that you endured a bunch of fight because of the gazing stock that the world persecuted you, it's because you became a companion of those Christians who went through persecution. And that's what you need to do in war. You know what you need to do in war? You have to have, you have to endear yourself with friends, brothers and sisters. Now that's your problem. I mean, it, that's why I stress so much on going to church. That's why I try to stress so much to onliners who don't have a Bible-believing church about our RBB Connect. You know why? 
You cannot fight a battle yourself. You need a brother and sister in Christ. What my problem was, my problem was is that I thought I was too weak. I was too much of a sissy and that I had to be a Bible-believing pastor and be tough. But then I realized, look, I need a fellow pastor to talk to. That was my problem. And how much pain could I have been saved if I had just done that a long time ago? And your problem is this. You don't, you don't give your prayer request in church. What do you think prayer meeting's for? You don't come to church where you can receive the refreshment. You don't come to a revival meeting where you could receive the refreshment. You just bail out on a summer camp or a blowout that could have helped you survive a whole year. And when you ditch that, good luck surviving a whole year yourself. You know, one thing you need to realize, you are truly weak. And that you need, you need the brothers and sisters to refresh you. You need that strength from them. You need that word of God. You need prayer. You have the best friend in the world, in the whole universe, in all of history. You make very little time for him. As problems get higher, it should drive you closer to his word. Make you fall on your knees more often in prayer. And you ditch out your best friend who's always over there and saying, hey, I can help you. Why are you finding it out yourself? You know what your problem is? You can't survive a war. You'll never survive a war when you skip church attendance, Bible reading, and prayer. I guarantee you, you'll not survive a war. My seventh point is enjoyment of war. Enjoyment of war. And you might say, well, how can I enjoy war? The thing is, is that you might not enjoy the battle and the struggle and the pain, but you're going to enjoy the, the goods that come out. Next, the next verse reads, For ye had compassion of me in my bonds, and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that ye have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Notice right here, Paul said, joyfully spoiling of goods. When you go through a battle and a war, it, it's never without payment. It's never without joy. Can I repeat that again? When you go through sorrow and pain in your life, it doesn't come without great reward. Amen. Even in family loss, even in loss of your own life, it's impossible to not get a reward. What will God reward you? I don't know. Maybe a soul saved out of that? Amen. I don't know. Maybe uh, a miracle? I don't know. Maybe your physical life even more prosperous? Amen. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he'll rescue and mend the broken home. Maybe it needed that trial and suffering to mend the broken home. I don't know. Maybe to improve your health condition. Amen. Or maybe better than all that, you ready for this? Your own maturity. Amen. Your own maturity. And trust me, you'd be a more valuable asset in the workplace, in the ministry, and even as a friend. You become a very reliable, dependable person that people lean upon. So you need to realize that if you have those rewards, why don't you enjoy them, huh? You know what I do with all my pain and struggles that I went through 10 years in my life? I enjoy every moment of the reward God has given to me. I don't go like, oh, yeah, I'm so humble and no, I'm undeserving. No, look, don't get me wrong. You should be prideful and say, yeah, I deserve it. Let me enjoy every moment of it. No, don't have that attitude. Rather just be, God, I am so humbled 
that this blessing that I got through my suffering and pain, that you'd give it to me. It's more than I deserved. It's better than my suffering, I realized. And you know what, God? I'm going to enjoy every moment of it. Thank you. And when you eat that, what God has given to you, a bigger pay, more fellowship, uh, more maturity, more quickness of thinking or better growth, better skills, take advantage and enjoy it to the fullest because I am. I am. If you knew me more than 10 years ago, I was a klutz. I couldn't talk well with people. Uh, I know that's hard to believe. And now I'm the biggest blabbermouth probably than everybody here. All right? But how did God change me? Through pain. And I've learned to develop skills for myself. Not only that, God gave me rewards, so I'm enjoying every moment of it. And I'm not going to be ashamed of the rewards God has given to me. And I'm going to take joy in that. Why? Why? Because if I don't take joy from all the pain that I had to go through and God has given me the joy to taste and to enjoy the rewards, how can I look forward to other pain that God gives to me in the future? You know, I think then I would think that my past pain is just as hurtful as my future pain. And I would deceive myself thinking, I have such a painful life, a hurtful life. You deceive yourself. You'll, you'll, you'll die an unhappy person. You know why I think? I say, yeah, I went through tremendous pain, but guess what? It gave me great rewards. The fruits, you know me now, what I am. Incredible. Of my age. I'm not going to take that lightly. And I'm going to enjoy every moment of that so I can keep fighting and live another day for the Lord. I'm going to enjoy every person that I have in this church God has given to me. I'm going to enjoy everything that God has blessed me through the pain and sacrifice I did. Why don't you do that too? Oh, I, I, I think I know why. You're not counting your blessings. And you're not seeing the reward God has given you through the sacrifice and pain. You violated first point. You don't evoke to mind. You don't remember all the good things God has given to you. You just keep looking at the bad, the bad, the bad, and you're never happy. And by the way, there's a thing called break. There's a thing called happy time. And you ditch that out every time. Why? I'm just too busy and I got to handle this. And, and don't blame God when you're miserable and all alone. There's a thing called break. There's a thing called happy time. And I've started to learn to do that myself. And people can accuse me saying, oh, Pastor Kim, you know, I needed your help for this one. How dare you, you know, took a vacation and didn't do that. I don't care. I ha I'm going to take that. Why? So that I can help you when I return. Because I'm going to be no good to help you with your problem if I come in all wearied and my mind is ineffective and I'm stressed out again. You know what your problem is? Your problem is you don't enjoy the rewards God has given to you and you don't own it. Own the rewards God has given to you. Now, I challenge you, after saying all these points, how can you fail in a battle and in a war if you abide by all these points that I just told you? I challenge you. Tell me. What is it? What is it that will make you fail in war if... These points aren't enough. Can you tell me anything? You should have enough strength. You should be able to conquer any problem if you go by these steps. And you'll be able to survive a war and you'll be able to understand what joy is in the Christian walk. I challenge you to think of something. You won't. That's how, that's how irrefutable his word is that he promised you. You can win a battle and you can have the joy of the Lord.
But I'll tell you what's holding you back on that one. I'll tell I'll ch- what's uh, preventing this thing from, uh, what's preventing you from winning a battle and war. It's you. Don't blame on the environment, the situation, everything that's going on, so-and-so, this and that. No, you heard all these pointers. You should be able to overcome all this if you abide by these steps. The only thing that's making you fail is you. What's holding you back on the altar? Every head bowed and every eye shut. The altar calls open. I'll tell you who fails you. Don't blame it on the environment. Don't blame it on the pandemic. Don't blame it on so-and-so. Don't blame it on your spouse. Don't blame it on your child. Don't blame it on your health. Don't blame it on the church. It's so easy to blame the church and imperfections of people in church, imperfections of your pastor. Don't blame it on the devil. Blame it on yourself. You, you're holding it back. That's why you can't survive a war. You know why? You have so much pride in you. You have so much selfishness. You, you're not willing to sacrifice something that God wants you to sacrifice. You're not willing to be thankful for the reward and blessing God has given to you. You're not taking time to enjoy that. You have a strange obsession with worry and fear, and you want to cling on to that. No, I want to cling on to this problem. I, I, just, I, I know I need to do this so I can get rid of the worry and fear, but no, I can't do that. Why do you have a strange obsession with your worry and fear that God has not given to you? You need to give that up. You surrender that on the altar and say, Lord, it's, it's, it's gone. God intended, God intended, God's intention is for you to truly never give, a, give you a burden you can bear, to truly make your life happy, and to truly be strong and conquer a tough battle. You can conquer the toughest battle while maintaining the joy of the Lord. You will and you can, but you just won't. You're the problem. The greatest evidence are these martyrs who went to the stake, burning at the stake, being tortured. And they have the joy of the Lord. They said, I cannot wait to bear my cross for Jesus. You know how they end up like that? Well, I'm just not strong like them and I can't do that. Hey, man, silly, martyrs don't just get it like that. You know what they went through? They went through these steps. They clung on to God's promises. They didn't add a burden greater than they could carry. They knew their fight, and they accepted their fight. And they were humble enough to admit that they're weak and they need Jesus Christ. They had faith in him. It's the same old, same old, same old tactics in war that God has done the past 2,000 years, and coronavirus sure don't change that. But you can change it. You have the power to change it because it's called free will, and God won't override that. You're the only one holding back. You're the one holding on to... You're the one preventing God from showering His joy in your heart. You're the one preventing becoming stronger in battle. You want to be weak, frail, and run away and be in fear, and not let those problems come. You want to be weak. You don't want to become strong. You're the only one holding yourself back. God doesn't want you the way you are. He wants you to become a better you. He wants you to be more mature, more strong, and more blessed. 
if you, if you won't abide by these steps, you're that poor individual shooting that machine gun in the middle of the night, fighting your own battle, blindly hitting nothing but air, wasting your bullets, wasting your energy, wasting your strength. Don't let that be you. Father God, I pray that this sermon has convicted and changed people's hearts. It was a very hard sermon, but the reason why I preached it so hard is a lot of times I see myself when I preach. And uh, Father God, you've taught me what joy is. I wasted so much time. I had to learn the hard way. And I pray that these people won't go through what I went through. That they would have the joy of the Lord unspeakable and full of glory with maturity and strength. And uh, we leave the rest in your almighty hands. Help us to survive this war. Lord, you've given us a war, a great war, a heavy war in this Bay Area and Silicon Valley. But Lord, this is our war and we will survive. San Jose Bible Baptist Church will survive, will press on by your grace, by your will. Because the only thing that can collapse it is us, Father. I pray we won't end up like that. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.